Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. privilege of serving as a substitute preacher a few weeks ago at First United Methodist Church in Garnett, Kansas. Rarely do I get to serve consecutive weeks in such a role, so I took advantage of the opportunity to share a two-sermon series about listening and responding to God's call for all of us. What you are about to hear is an adaptation of the sermon from that first week about listening. Let's start with a participation exercise. How many of you consider yourselves to be good listeners? Did you feel the desire to raise your hand? Unfortunately, you're probably wrong, at least about your listening skills. Depending on the research you consult, anywhere from 70% to 96% of Americans consider themselves to be good listeners. Research, on the other hand, shows that most of us are not. I read a story recently from the magazine Scientific American. It was about Ralph Nichols. He was a professor at the University of Minnesota, and he had a suspicion that his students weren't quite listening to him, at least not as well as he wanted them to. And he had an advantage. He was a researcher. So he conducted a study in which teachers stopped what they were doing mid-class and asked kids to describe what the teacher was just talking about. He wanted to find out if kids were truly listening, which means to understand or if they were just hearing, which means to grasp a little of the discussion. The problem with that last one is when we only get part of the information, we tend to fill in with our own thoughts and suppositions, and less with the real information being shared. Now, that research, I'm proud to say there's good news. In the first and second grade rooms, a full 90% of the kids gave the right answer. 90% were correct. Unfortunately, it turns out that we peak a little early when it comes to our listening skills. By junior high, only 44% gave the correct answer. And in high school, that number fell to 25%. Now, Professor Nichols didn't study adults, at least as near as I can tell. But I think we can all see the disturbing trend. Intuitively, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we aren't the best of listeners. Because if we were, the troubles that we've seen in our country, and frankly around the world, probably wouldn't be as big, as ominous, as perplexing as they've proven to be. As the events of the past couple of months, well, actually the past 21 years, have proven we are a divided country. We have diverse political backgrounds and philosophies, and I would argue we probably are a little more interested in swaying someone from the other side than in truly understanding where he or she is coming from. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to take us down a road to debate what happened January 6th at the U.S. Capitol, 
and I'm not going to ask anyone here to pick a side, so to speak. But this lack of listening, lack of hearing what each other is saying, did get me interested in the science of listening. And it turns out, at least based on one report that I saw, there are five stages. Now this comes from a company that helps businesses improve their workers' efficiency and students improve in the classroom. It's called Lumen Learning. Here are the five stages. Stage one, receiving or recognizing. In other words, hearing that a message is coming in and recognizing that this is the stimulus. Stage two is understanding. What's being said to you? This is hearing the message, not necessarily the higher concepts of the message. Stage three is evaluation. This is where we grasp what's really being said and we start our own analysis. Stage four is responding. This is where we decide what to do with what we just heard. And stage five, finally, is remembering. This is retention. It's putting what we heard to use over time. Now we have an example of a person going through these steps of listening in the scripture that I want to share with you in this episode. Please hear, no, don't just hear, please listen to these words from 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli. The Lord's word was rare at that time, and visions weren't widely known. One day, Eli, whose eyes had grown so weak he was unable to see, was lying down in his room. God's lamp hadn't gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the Lord's temple, where God's chest was. The Lord called to Samuel. I'm here, he said. Samuel hurried to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go lie down. So he did. Again, the Lord called Samuel. So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me. I didn't call my son, Eli replied. Go and lie down. Now Samuel didn't yet know the Lord, and the Lord's word hadn't yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me. Then, Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down where he'd been. Then the Lord came and stood there, calling just as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, your servant is listening. examine this story a little closer. First, Eli was a priest, and Samuel was basically his intern, to use a modern vernacular. Samuel's mother, Hannah, had been barren, so she promised God that if God gave her a child, she would devote that child to God's service. Because of her faith, she was rewarded with Samuel. So Samuel goes to live with Eli as an assistant to the priest, and Samuel grows up to the point where he's a teenager or a young man at the point of this story. Keep in mind that being around Eli and what Eli does to serve God is all that Samuel knows. He's perfectly comfortable with that. 
he probably can't imagine himself being in a much bigger role. This story starts by telling us that this is an era in which God has not spoken loudly to the people in quite some time. There's no reason to think anything is going to change about that. This is just the way life is. Life for Eli. Life for Samuel. Life for the Jewish people. So let's take a look at this story through the first three stages of listening. Remember, the first stage was receiving or recognizing. Samuel is sleeping, and it's sometime just before dawn. This is when he hears a voice calling him. He has received a message. At that hour, it has to be Eli, right? I mean, that's the only person there. So Samuel recognizes the voice to be Eli's. Samuel hurries into his mentor and tells him something to the effect that, Hey, I heard you. What do you need? Now, Eli is probably a bit disturbed at his slumber being interrupted. So he tells Samuel that he didn't call him. The young man is supposed to go back to sleep. A second time, Samuel hears someone call him, and he goes to Eli again, who again tells him that it wasn't him. At this point, Eli is probably getting a little mad. After all, an old guy needs his sleep, right? Well, a third time, Samuel hears someone call him, and again he goes to Eli. But this time, Eli's experience comes into play. He realizes that Samuel is being called by God. Eli recognizes that Samuel is hearing someone call him, but he isn't listening to what that voice is saying. Eli tells him to go back to bed, but this time, if the voice calls again, the young man is supposed to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let's pause here for some application. Is God calling you in some way? Have you been receiving messages and simply not known what to do with them? Are you maybe not recognizing them? Now, such a message could be a request from someone else, for guidance, for example, for companionship. Maybe it's an opportunity to get involved in a new ministry. Maybe it's helping someone on the street. Or maybe it's just speaking up when someone tells a racial joke, voicing that such behavior is not acceptable. Samuel first had to recognize that he was receiving a message. So let's keep our ears open for a message from God directed toward us. Second stage remembers understanding. So let's go back to our story. That voice comes again, Samuel, Samuel. Finally, because of Eli's coaching, the young man understands what's happening. He's received a message a fourth time, but this time he understands that it's not Eli, his mentor, it's God. So here's another quick pause for application. Sometimes we will have a coach to lead us, but we have to be willing to listen to that person. Maybe someone in your congregation or in your set of friends will tell you that they think you're called into ministry of some kind. Maybe someone will suggest that you put your skills to work volunteering for something that helps improve the community. You know, service to God doesn't have to be ordained ministry. In fact, most times it's not. Samuel understood that he was being contacted by God. And I have to say that in the 21st century, I think we're all being contacted in some way by God. Okay. Third stage, remember, was evaluation. So again, back to our story. As Samuel listens to the voice, and this time he evaluates his situation, he knows that God is speaking to him. So he knows this is pretty serious. He doesn't know yet exactly what God is telling him, but he knows it's significant. So his evaluation of what he's hearing tells him that he needs to bow to the will of God and do whatever he's told. This time Samuel knows how to respond. 
Speak, Samuel said. Your servant is listening. Another pause for application. We have to evaluate our circumstances just as Samuel did, but our answer really should be the same. Are we listening? If we have received a message, if we understand that God is calling us into service, and if we have evaluated our relationship with God, then there really is only one answer. And that answer is, yes, here I am, God. I am listening for your instructions. Now, we're only going to touch on the other stages of listening briefly. The fourth one is response. Our text for this episode ends there, but Samuel's story goes on for quite some time. If we were to read further, we would learn that Samuel is told that he will be a prophet, a person to speak God's words to the people of Israel. And though that is a daunting task, especially because his leadership will greatly surpass that of Eli, his mentor, Samuel does as God asks. The chapter concludes by telling us Samuel matured, and he did what God asked of him. As a result, God equipped him by giving him the words to say, and God regularly spoke to Samuel. Now, much later, Samuel anoints the first two kings of Israel, Saul and eventually King David. And we read in Scripture that everyone acknowledged Samuel's authority as God's spokesperson on earth. So here's one more pause for application. You and I may not have the kind of authority God gave to Samuel, and we certainly are not appointed to anoint kings. But are we ready to respond? Are we ready to answer as Samuel did and to do what God asks of us, even if it's on a much smaller scale? I have to say that as I think of this, I think of my life in the local church. And I think of a woman named Billy Pace. She was an older woman in her 80s by the time I met her, but our church start in St. George, Utah was having a giant yard sale. She couldn't serve in many ways any longer, but she could man the cash register for parts of those two days, and she could greet people with a smile. That was service to God. I think of Fred Gaines, Les Evers, and especially Dick Gould, three men in that same church who knew how to fix things and work with wood. So they did repairs around the church, and when time came to expand that church, they saved us money by building out the closets in the new education building. Now, neither of those examples is a traditional way to serve. It's not like teaching Sunday school or preaching. But you better believe that each one of those people served God, nonetheless. That's response. So how can you respond to God's call? Finally, we come to that last stage, remembering. Samuel is a key figure in our Old Testament, or the Old Covenant, because he continued his service to God. He remembered throughout his life, no matter when he was threatened and treated badly, that he was serving God, not humankind. Though people certainly would have benefited if they just listened to the guy. Samuel remembered his life was not really his own, but that he belonged to God. So he kept on serving, well into his old age. How well do we remember? We're supposed to serve God and to serve God's people above ourselves. By listening, God opened Samuel up to an entirely new world, into service for the creator of the universe. As a result, Samuel helps heal Israel by unifying the people behind King David. He helps bring peace to a country that to that point had been a bunch of fractured tribes. And it started with him receiving the message understanding, evaluating, responding, and finally, remembering. So in summary, Samuel really and fully and truthfully listened.
how about us? How can we all serve God in such a time as this in the United States? Well, I believe we as Christians are being called to bring healing and to bring peace to our country and world. Now, don't misunderstand me. This has nothing to do whatsoever with whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, conservative or progressive. It has absolutely nothing to do with the labels that we place on ourselves. It has everything to do with the expectation that God has for each and every one of us. We are to love God above all things. We are to love our neighbor without exception. You see, politics is a human-made institution that pits people against one another. The love of God, though, is meant to help us unify, to be a blessing to others. Because like so many other things, we are certainly stronger together and we can accomplish more for the kingdom of God as a group than by people who self-segregate into political camps. I want to paraphrase from St. Francis of Assisi. Where there is hatred, we are called to love. Where there is injury, we are called to heal. Where there is doubt, we are called to share our faith. Where there is despair, we are called to bring hope. Where there is sadness, we are called to spread joy. And where there is darkness, something that's all too prevalent in the world today, we are called to bring light. The good news of Jesus the Christ, the Savior for all humankind. So God is calling you. Change out that Samuel, Samuel, with your own name. Are you ready to listen? One way you can answer the call immediately is by participating in prayer. Again, that's one of the most bipartisan of exercises. Through Easter on April 4th, Great Plains Conference Bishop Reuben Sines Jr. is asking our clergy and laity to pray daily from the United Methodist Book of Worship, a prayer titled, A Prayer in a Time of National Crisis. The fact that we even have such a prayer in our Book of Worship tells you that our nation has faced difficult times before, and with God's help, we've come out on the other side. So let's close this episode by saying this prayer. God of all the ages, in your sight nations rise and fall and pass through times of peril. Now when our land is troubled, be near to judge and save. May leaders be led by your wisdom. May they search your will and see it clearly. If we have turned from your way, reverse our ways and help us to repent. Give us your light and your truth. Let them guide us through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of this world and our Savior. Amen. That's it for this study on listening. We focused on the first three stages this episode. Through the story of Samuel, we learned what it means to truly listen. In our next episode, we'll consider the final two stages by looking at Jesus' call of the disciples. Specifically, we're going to look at how we respond. podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. 
It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with First Com Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddcypher.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.